Welcome back to BDI Resourcing's IMG Advisor podcast. Uh, I can't quite believe it's number four, but it is. Uh, I'm joined in the studio with uh, my colleagues, Daniel and Tom, once again. Partners Hello. in crime. I'm waving, but you can't see it. Um, at least you're wearing trousers today, Tom. I Thank like that. You, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today's podcast all about PLAB versus postgraduate qualifications. Um, again, it's a, a very topical um, topic <laughs> <laughs> for international medical graduates. Uh, so hopefully today we'll enlighten, thrill and entertain you. Yeah. Uh, so Dan, talk me through PLAB. What is it? All right. So the first option you've got in terms of demonstrating your medical knowledge to the GMC is PLAB. Um, the idea of PLAB is that it's based at doctors who are coming in at a relatively junior stage of their career. So it tests the skills that you would have learned during your internship and during your what would be termed in the UK as foundation years or core years. Uh, of training so um, expect questions on the more general um, basic kind of hospital doctor knowledge nothing that's too uh, specific or geared towards subspecialist interests so don't expect an in-depth question about uh, uh, that requires a lot of knowledge about pediatrics or radiology Mm. for example it's a general examination based at or aimed at more junior doctors and of course with that you're probably going to be in that situation yourself so the likelihood is that the kind of jobs you'll be looking to secure afterwards will also be at that kind of junior doctor level so foundation year one two or ct one two or st one two that kind of level what we maybe call sho if we're using the old uh, Mm. terminology the the format of the exam um is in two parts the first part is a written part um it's a bit cheaper to sit the first part so 230 240 pounds somewhere around that mark and it's actually a multiple choice 180 question exam um which takes three hours uh, to sit oh, well it's a three hour exam it might not take you three hours to sit it um yeah and it's a, a kind of pass and fail basically where, where can um, you sit that exam Danny? yes because i think it's it's, it's it's you can sit it outside the uk yeah, yeah exactly so uh, part one can be sat at test centers all around the world actually i won't go through them all but um the gmc website there's a huge long list of, of plab one test centers so do you mean um, you don't know all the test centers yeah i don't know by heart sadly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah the um there, there's plenty of test centers that you can uh can use so it is quite an accessible exam. Um, the pass rates are relatively high compared with part two. Um, and there's a lot of revision material out there as well. So plenty of guides, plenty of coaches that can help you through it. Um, plenty of really good textbooks, which we can link you in with if you want to get in touch with us about those. Um, part two of the uh, examination is um it well it costs a lot more to begin with so it costs 850 860 pounds um and it's actually a practical test center so an oski style center um, with 18 stations and it has to be sat at the gmc's uh test center in the uk so you will need to be prepared to obtain a visit visa you'll need to be prepared to actually fly into the uk um pay for some accommodation lots of people go to an intensive uh, course just before they sit the exam and then on the day you're given 18 stations of um, uh, practical assessment that you'll need to demonstrate your skills 
um, not just in uh, diagnosing and establishing um, a treatment plan for patients, but you're also being tested on the uh, the language that you use and how you present yourself, your bedside manner, how you interact with patients, how you interact with colleagues. So it's quite an intensive thing and it can be um, quite alien to a lot of international doctors. There's definitely much more of an emphasis yeah. in the UK and the NHS on um, kind of ongoing patient care and how um, how patients are treated here. And that's not to say that they aren't treated just as well in other countries, but there's maybe more of a, a, a diagnosis and onto the next patient mentality in some healthcare mm. systems, whereas here um, there's quite a lot more guys I, into I it. I actually that. watched a really, really good programme. It was yeah. a documentary. I think Very it was called the, the International Doctors Are Coming. Yeah. yeah it was on right. Channel 4. I think it's on YouTube now. It's on YouTube. Yeah, we can see um, that. So I, I think for, for any international doctor that doesn't know what to expect, particularly with the part two uh, of the PLAB examination, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Um, uh, really, really interesting, um, and yeah. I think the, the GMC uh, again because of the, um, the the demand for for PAB as well are opening up new tests. I think there's one in Northern Ireland that's just not opened yeah, up as well. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And yeah, yeah. I, I find that program really interesting as well. I think to see from if you you know obviously you're going on that journey yourself to see someone who's going through it or gone through it already. It has to be done in that order, so you have to do. PLAB 1 then PLAB 2 and obviously the caveat for all of that is you have to have passed IELTS or OET yeah. before you do the PLAB test you won't be allowed to, to sit it beforehand yeah yeah so uh, yeah that's the first route of entry um, the maybe we should talk more about the postgraduate qualifications and then we can talk about the pros and cons mm. yeah. versus both um, Tom do you want to do you want to cover off the postgraduate stuff? yeah so um, I mean generally the postgraduate route is for people who are more senior who have picked their um, you know, the specialist interest area. So maybe you're a consultant in gastroenterology or hematology or whatever it might be. So you're doing or have done a, a postgraduate qualification with the Royal College. So for something like gastroenterology, which is medicine based, you would be looking to sit MRCP. So you're going after membership of the Royal College of Physicians. Um, I mean, for every specialty, there is a different postgraduate qualification because obviously they're all run by different colleges. Uh, and there's a really good list available online. Uh, it's on the GMC website, but you can also find it in our blog articles about do, the Do you mean you don't know them all? Uh, no, of course I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> We're just, uh, you know, running out of time here. Um, so uh, you've thrown me well off kilter now. Um yeah, so you, you basically, you have, you, you're you a specialist in one area and you've done whichever uh, qualification you need to do. There are equivalent qualifications that are recognised by the GMC. So, for example, uh, if you're an anaesthetist, you would do FRCA, which is the, the Royal College um, UK equivalent. But you do have um, the, the uh, possibility of registering if you've done uh, EDIC, so European Diploma in Anaesthetics and Intensive Care, or EDIC, which is the European Diploma in Intensive Care, or... Uh, another one, FCPS Pakistan, and uh, mm. this is, is recognised as well. So definitely get get a good idea of whether or not you hold or are pursuing a qualification that is recognised before you start venturing down the PLAB route. Um, obviously, with the postgraduate qualifications, they will take a lot longer to do. Um, just the very nature of when it, the tests are. Can you give us a kind of rough time scale, Tom? I mean, uh, from a new experience with speaking to doctors. How long would it take from start to finish to complete MRCP, for example? You're looking at at least two years. Mm. Mm. Um, two years would be a would be a good run. Obviously, because of the way that the PLAB is structured and how accessible it is, you could, in theory, do that within 12 months if you hit the right timeline of when the exam dates are. But for the postgraduate qualifications, this is a much larger time commitment. 
um, and a much larger financial commitment as well. The costs for the for the exams are obviously variable depending on which ones you're sitting, but by and large, they will all be much more expensive than yeah. um, than the PLAB route. Um, I guess uh, before we go on to the sort of pros and cons, um, well, it kind of is a pro. Uh, if you are doing the postgraduate route, then you are much more likely to get a, a specialty-specific job. Um, the reason being, and the sort of main thing that a lot of UK hospitals are looking for, is that you are sitting an exam that a UK trainee would be expected to pass. So if you are applying for a, uh, a haematology job and you've passed MRCP or FRC path, the clinicians who are interviewing you already know that you have a benchmark, a baseline of mm. clinical knowledge um, that they would expect from a UK doctor because they themselves will have done that exam. So mm. they know exactly what's involved with it. UK-based doctors, and largely they're the ones who will be doing the interviews for these post and NHS, they've never sat PLAB in all likelihood. There may be exceptions to that, but the chances are they haven't. And they also don't know about the healthcare systems in every other country. So even if you've done FCPS Pakistan uh, for uh, anaesthetics that I mentioned earlier, an anaesthetist in the UK will have no idea what's involved in the curriculum of that, what the mm. structure is, uh, what it takes to pass that exam. So if you can set a UK postgraduate qualification, do it. Um, for some of them, uh, there are test centres for MRCP, for example, overseas. Yeah. Um, but the OSCE part, the final part, or PACES for MRCP will usually be in the UK. Yeah. So there will still be an, a, a degree of financial commitment for travelling and accommodation and applying for visit visas and all that kind of stuff. So it's, a bit, it's, it's more complex, but again, it's aimed at more senior doctors who are further down the line in their careers mm. with their specialties. So I guess to, to give the, the comparison in a nutshell, then we're saying that um, PLAB, is based at more junior doctors and the postgraduate routes are more senior doctors. Um, PLAB is probably slightly cheaper. Yeah. Would we agree? Yeah. Um, on the whole, but but postgraduate qualifications vary depending on which one you're sitting. Um, and we would probably say that in terms of time constraints, PLAB is a slightly quicker route of entry, potentially could be completed within a year if you were really intensively learning. Um, whereas postgraduate qualifications... Even for a UK doctor, that's a that's a two year commitment during their core training. So certainly for an international doctor, I would I would set aside a two year period unless you're incredibly confident. De- definitely, definitely go onto the website for the different Royal Colleges, um, depending on your specialty, and have a look and get to know it. Because for things like radiology, there's a ballot for the final exam. So there's three parts usually to each of these Royal College exams. There'll be like a a, a multiple point uh, multiple choice or a short um, essay question based uh, first part. And then there'll be a more intensive written exam as the second part. And then the final part will be that sort of OSCE practical. And for Radiology 2B, because the the course is so limited and it's so oversubscribed, Mm. there'll be a ballot for international doctors. So you might have to wait. I know of of radiologists who have done the first two parts. um, They've done part one and 2A. And they've had to wait two years on a short list just to get a shot at the final exam. And that doesn't guarantee that you'll then pass it. So just make sure you know what you're getting yourself in for. Yeah, I guess it comes down to um, how how the personal circumstances, how quickly do you want to get to the UK? Mm. Um, I, I think having the Royal College qualification if you're more senior doctor obviously is going to help in terms of, of getting you interviews at, at good trust. Um, but as Tom said, with, with certain Royal College um, 
uh, qualifications there are huge huge um, backlogs in terms of uh, waiting to, to get um, get on to the, the kind of final exam uh, so the PLAB route may be viable to, to go down um, you can still work as a again radiology you can still work as a consultant in the UK mm. uh, via PLAB uh, if you've been a consultant for 10 years um, in, in uh, from overseas um, it's not going to stop you working as a local consultant. You don't have to have the Royal College qualification, um, but obviously it, it's going to help in, in terms of, uh, yeah. kind of getting getting a good position and a good hospital. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, are there more questions, Gabby? Yes, we have three questions on this topic. So if I have three years of sole experience within a specific specialty, should I do PLAB or a Royal College qualification as a junior doctor who wants to relocate in a few years? That, that's actually a good question because I guess, again, as Ryan said, it depends on your individual circumstances. You're probably at that threshold where you yeah. could do either um, and it depends on what your plans are. If you're planning to come to the UK and you want to go into core training and you're going to come in as an SHO or a more junior doctor, I think if you you know you want to come quickly, PLAB is probably your your best route. Um, if you if you if you want to come into a very specific specialty position at a higher level, um, maybe you want to go down the route of doing Caesar rather than trying to go into core training, um, which I think is a topic we'll we'll maybe come yep. on to a bit later. Um, and and that's the way that you want to to work towards becoming a consultant then the postgraduate qualification every time is going to be better. Mm. I think if you were to ask a, a doctor who's looking at CVs and NHS, what would they prefer? They will every day of the week prefer the, the postgraduate qualification. Yeah. If they're put side by side, if you have a doctor with the same experience, with the same background, one of them's done PLAB and the other has done a postgraduate qualification that's recognised by the GMC and Royal College, they will always pick that second doctor. Mm. So you will give yourself much more opportunity um, if, if you go down that second route. Mm-hmm. I guess you just got to balance that as well with how well equipped you feel you would be to pass those exams, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you might want to come in at the more senior level, but you might not quite feel ready to, to sit the Royal College examination, for example. Yeah. So it's worth, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely right, Dan. And again, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I've had doctors replace doctors into the NHS that have 10 years experience, got the Royal College qualifications, but they want to start as an SHO ST13 yeah, because... Yeah. They, they want to get used to the NHS, how it works, the local protocols, etc. as well. So it really does depend on the individual. If you feel confident going straight onto a tier two rotor, for example, um, then it's entirely up to the individual. But yeah. I don't, I don't want to keep coming back to it. But again, this is probably another part where um, working with an agent as a partner can, can really come into its own because, because it's so dependent on the individual situation. It, it's really, really beneficial to send your CV to a recruitment consultant, and I would caveat that by saying a recruitment consultant that knows what they're talking about and that is experienced, yeah. uh, and to get get some advice which is tailored to your situation. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, on the podcast, we can only kind of talk quite generically, but if you need specific information, get in touch with somebody and ask mm-hmm. them for some help, and, and we'll give you some some advice whether you know whether or not you come to work with us or not. A very diplomatic answer, wasn't it? I'm always diplomatic. Yeah. I guess following on from that, you might not have too much advice that differs, but I've got a surgeon here that's messaged in saying that they chose the PLAB route, but they have eight years' experience mm. in surgery, but they're finding it difficult to get a job, both junior and senior. What advice do you have? Sure. Uh, I mean, well, I guess I wouldn't... They've, they've made the choice as to which path they wanted to go down, so they've gone down that PLAB route, and... They should probably gear their applications towards more junior roles, I would 
first and foremost suggest um because i think that, that that is an appropriate qualification for that level so i think that's probably a good starting point beyond that my advice to him might be because he's passed the exam and there's definitely opportunities out there available to to junior doctors he needs to focus on or he or she sorry needs to focus on um their applications, um, building their NHS employer's profile, perhaps reaching out to some agencies that are specialists within the field he's looking at, mm-hmm. um, maybe even going down the route of contacting some HR departments directly, um, maybe even using any uh, colleagues and friends that he's already got working in the NHS to see whether they could perhaps get a CV in front of decision makers or whether they can facilitate anything like clinical attachments um, mm-hmm. or anything that's going to bolster uh, this person's CV because it sounds like he has got a lot of years of experience but perhaps it's the lack of experience in that UK setting um, there may even be a question mark as to why he chose the PLAB route as opposed to MRCS if he said he was a surgeon um, so maybe that's something he needs to write down on his CV just to make sure it's really clear that he chose that route for a particular reason so I would say that um, the question probably is less around the PLAB postgraduate and more around the application process and how he can really improve how he comes across to prospects of employers. But yeah, tell him to get in touch and we can definitely give some more specific advice. Just to just expand on that as well, clinical attachment for everyone maybe who doesn't know is where you would come and shadow in an NHS department mm. free, of, free of charge. So you don't need to have a GMC license to, to do that. You can come and do clinical shadowing. You need to arrange that directly with the hospitals. Unfortunately, it's not something that an agency generally can facilitate, but it will allow you to get into a hospital in the UK to see how it works on the ground. And usually employers, if they see that um, and they know that you've had exposure to that, will will look on it quite favourably. But again, the main drawback of that is you have to take your own time to do it and you have to finance it yourself because it's not a paid post. Mm. I have a third and final question. Uh, a doctor has said that their PLAB2 visit visa has been declined. Mm. Do you have any advice? Yeah, I, I mean, it is quite common. Um, I think that um, any application for a visa, just make sure um, that the, 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 for, uh, the application form is filled out correctly. Um, I think one of the big, the big issues is regarding who's going to be funding your trip, how you're going to support yourself whilst you're in the UK, what accommodation have you booked? I think it put, put together a real comprehensive statement uh, or letter uh, to actually attach with your visa application, mm-hmm. uh, reasons for coming to the UK, all those types of things. Um, I think that's really important. Um, one, one bit that, that I've had as well is uh, where they need to give uh, whoever it is a really good reason for why they're not going to stay or overstay their visa. Mm-hmm. So you have to show where you are, you know, in your home country, that you have a reason to go back because... I guess the the Home Office and the UK government are worried that you might arrive in the UK and go, oh, okay, I might just stay here forever uh, and not go home again. Mm. And obviously, the idea is to come and do the exam and then go home and continue, yeah. you know, your career and your route. Yeah. I think that's it. The more evidence that you can uh, can uh, put with the application, again, if you've already booked your your PLAB test dates, all those kind of things, that's really important to, to yeah. have. Um, yeah, yeah, just uh, make sure your application is really thorough. Uh, lots of support and evidence and it shouldn't be an issue Mm. I think again that question just goes to show how many intricate moving parts there are to this whole process and yeah I mean it's such a a quagmire of difficult things but I I hope that doctor does get their um, their visa approved and uh, can come over and set their exams very soon great well I think that kind of wraps us up does it anyone got anything else to add um 
I think I think that's uh, is that we done for today. I think that's just about everything. Yeah, so good. I'm uh, ready, well, ready for a coffee. Uh, always enjoyable uh, <laughs> doing this. Um, hopefully, again, uh, that we've, we've kind of touched on uh, some interesting topics there and lots of different answers. Um, again, if anybody has any individual um, questions or queries, then send it in to us. Uh, obviously, on a Facebook page or. Um, into info at bdiresourcing.com and we'll we'll do our best to help. Great, great. Thanks All so right. much. Cheers guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.